the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. On this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, and you should, I want to invite your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we'll begin our reading at verse 16. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we'll begin reading at verse 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, the word of the Lord reads as follows, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality, every sin that a man does outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Father in heaven, we honor you this morning. We bless you in advance for what you're getting ready to do. And praying for your power and strength in the presentation of your word. That the word of God might go forward in such a way that if anyone needs you for salvation, that you would save them by your amazing grace. If anyone is lost and drifting, that you would draw them, Heavenly Father, back to your close and cleansing side. Father, I'm praying that even now that you would prepare me to be used as an instrument in your hand to accomplish your will, that each person hearing today would know they have heard from God. Spirit of the Lord, tear down every barrier, every stronghold, every demonic device that might hinder us from hearing from you and growing in you. Let your word be accomplished and your will be accomplished in and through us today. Have thine own way now, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Catherine, I've been preaching through a series of messages entitled The Standards of the Steward. The whole idea of this series is to help us to see how God has entrusted us as stewards. We've started in Genesis there from the subject matter, the baseline of stewardship. I wanted to establish first and foremost how everything belonged to God. If we begin with that premise and we begin with that baseline that God owns everything, it helps us to be better stewards in this life that we have. Last week we were in Leviticus uh, chapter 27 and we spoke there from the subject matter, the absolute restrictions of the stewardship. There were three things that God put on full restriction that were not ours to make vows on, to utilize, to benefit from, or to acquire or to consume of our own. One was the firstborn. It's the Lord's. The second was the devoted things, those things that were vowed in special consecrated vows to God and or those things that God himself said, destroy them or consecrate them to me. Those are mine. We can't touch it. It's not ours. We third thing was the tithe. And the Lord said, it is holy to the Lord. One of the things he emphasizes to them, how they are to steward the body. I want to talk this morning from the subject matter, body stewardship. Do you realize that we have stewardship responsibilities over our bodies? Paul shares with us some wisdom here. He begins in chapter 3, verse 16, and he says, Do you not know that you, that is your bodies, are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Paul addresses us here by letting us know and encouraging us and telling us as stewards, we need to first of all respect the body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of God? This is just for believers now. Your bodies are the temple of God. And it is a place wherein worship ought to take place. We have perverted the body and disrespected the body thinking that the body is what ought to be worshipped. And so we post our bodies online. We find the skimpiest and the tightest so that we can demonstrate and display. We spend countless hours measuring food and doing crunches. Trying to get the body into a worshipful look so that the body would be worshipped. No, but you got it wrong. See, we don't worship the temple. We worship in the temple. The temple ought to be clean and well kept. When you see a temple, it ought to instantaneously put in your mind, God is there. Chapter 3, verse 16, it said, it is where the Spirit of God dwells. Did you not know that the Holy Spirit, that is the Spirit of God, dwells, lives, has taken up residence in you? 
Um, the Holy Spirit does not take vacation from your body. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave and leave you, Lord God, alone by yourself. And somebody glad about that? He's always home. And he's always paying attention to everything we're doing in every room of the house. Because he lives, he dwells, he's taken up residence in the temple. If the Holy Spirit is in you and lives in you, should you not respect where you take the temple? Should we not be careful about what we introduce into the temple? Because we're stewards of this temple where God lives. Now, I don't know how you think about that, but this is a high and a holy responsibility where God says your body that I'm allowing you to be a steward over is a place where I'm going to dwell in. I'm living in it. And so, therefore, be careful with the body. Turn with me over here to chapter 6, around verse 19. He said, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. You were bought at a price. You don't own this body. It's on loan from God. And God has paid for the right to call it his own. Pastor, what did he pay? How did he pay for it? Well, not only did he make it, but even after Adam destroyed it with his defilement, what what God did was came back in the form of his son and he redeemed you by his own precious blood. He paid for you, not with silver, not with gold, but with his blood. He redeemed you and he paid for you. You are not your own. Far too many of us are actively involved in disrespecting the temple of God. We take it anywhere. We put anything in it. We expose it to anything and everything. We're not even conscientious that this ain't even our body. That's why it's so important to lay out for you that not pastor said, but the scripture said, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And so, therefore, we need to respect the body. Chapter 6, verse 15, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. The second thing I think the Apostle Paul says here in this text, that, that we need to refrain from defiling the body. The file means to lose its purity, to make dirty, to make filthy, to take that which is holy and then make it unholy by our actions, our deeds. And so he says we have to refrain from defiling this body because the body belongs to God and the body is holy and it's joined to a holy God. So he says, do you not know, believer, that your bodies are members of Christ? If we're all together members of Christ, he says, we need to refrain from defiling that which is holy. We've got a body that's not ours. It's been bought by God and it's holy. It's a member of Christ himself. So he says, therefore, should we take this holy body member uh, that is connected to Christ and then make it a member of a harlot. In other words, should I take the holy and mix it with the unholy? He says, certainly not. 
And he says, or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? What, what he, he, he begins to draw out here is that, he's, in essence, he says, do you not know that the law of a principle of intimate connection, you have been connected to God. You became connected through Christ. And so you are one with Christ. Now that you're one with Christ, he asks the question, should you then also connect with the unholy? Answer is certainly not. Do you not know the law, he says? He who is joined to a harlot becomes one with her. Or uh, for he says the two shall become one flesh. But if you're holy and you are respecting the body, then you would not bring the body, which is the temple of God, into harlotry. And if I understand that harlotry exceeds just the sexual interaction of a man and a woman, if I understand that harlotry even transcends into spiritual harlotry, should I take my spiritual holiness and intertwine it with demonic doctrine? Certainly not. Should I be a child of God and yet at the same time exploring false and fake doctrines? And should I be worshiping Christ and Buddha at the same time in the same temple? Absolutely not. Because the temple is not the brick and mortar that you walked into, those who are here in the sanctuary, The temple is not the building where we're broadcasting from, those of you who are online. No, the temple is your body and you are part of Christ and his spirit dwells in you. And so he says, respect the body, refrain from defiling the body. But if I can go back to chapter 3, verse 17. He says, if anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. Y'all see that? And then as I was reading over here in chapter 6, and when I read down there, verse 19, it says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have from God? Are you, you are not your own? And I was like, wow. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The final thing that I think that the Apostle Paul is trying to instruct us as it relates to the stewardship of this body is that we are to respect the body. We are to refrain from defiling the body. But finally, we are to remember that we will be held accountable for our body stewardship. This tells me that what we do with our body has some strict consequences that are going to have to be given. Some of our ailments, some of our sicknesses, some of our diseases have direct consequences uh, as to how we have been stewarding our bodies. Look around us and see that some of the stuff that we are dealing with in the terms of our health has nothing to do with somebody else. It has all to do with what we put in the temple. If you keep 
putting all that salt in the temple, there are consequences to that salt being put in the temple. If you keep sitting on the sofa eating nothing but potato chips and ice cream every day, all night before you go to bed, and you get up in the morning and you ain't doing nothing, ain't done no exercise, ain't walked nowhere, ain't moved the body, guess what? There's consequences for that. Paul says we have to glorify God in our body. How can I glorify God in my body if I haven't taken care of the body to be able to glorify God with? He says, remember, you've got to be held accountable for this. You have a holy body where God dwells. It belongs to God. You are joined with him. You're connected with a holy God. You are his temple. He is living inside of you. And as he lives inside of you, you're a steward of the place where he lives. And so in your body, when you're living out your day-to-day, remember to take care of and respect and refrain from defiling the house where God dwells. Chapter 6, verse 20. Therefore... Glorify God in your body. Pastor, how do I do this thing, Pastor? How how do I glorify God with my body? I'm glad you asked. And one of the things I love about God is before God tells us what to do, he shows us how to do. Because when Jesus Christ came, first of all, if I can just paint the picture like this, Jesus says, since y'all have a question and you want to know how to steward the body properly. I hear God saying from glory, prepare me a body. Find me a virgin because I want to be born in a body that has not been defiled by man. And so he came down through 42 generations and then Jesus came in and was conceived in the Virgin Mary. The benefit wasn't to Mary in the sense that Mary wasn't so special, but God was special. And so God said, I'm going to come and be with you so that I can show you how to steward your body properly. And while he came into the world, wrapped up in the form of mortal flesh, he was very God. And in life, he came into the world. And very from the very beginning, they tried to destroy his body. But he, he respected the body enough to say, it shall not be. He protected the body so that they moved from one place to another to keep him from being killed with the other babies two years and under. As he grew up, he took care of the body. He did not defile the body. The Bible says there was no sin in him for 33 years. Hey, he knew he was connected to God. Every time they had an opportunity, he let them know it's not about me. It's about God. It's not about this body. It's about that body. Matter of fact, if you look through your scripture, you'll never find any glorified uh, description of Jesus Christ. The Bible, in fact, says he was just a comely man. He just looked like ordinary. What nothing special about him. In fact, God even goes so far to let us know not to even make graven images of him. Why is that? Because he didn't want you to worship the temple. He wanted you to worship the God of the temple. And so here comes Jesus into the world. And everything he was doing from day to day was all pointing to using his body to glorify God. Why did he serve for 33 years? Why did he serve in ministry for three years? He did it to glorify God. 
Why did he allow them to talk about him, mock him, spit on him? He did it to glorify God. And so everything he did, he did it to glorify the Father. When they took him, the Jews said crucify him. The Roman says, I don't find no fault in the man. But the Jews says, we can't do it. So you got to go ahead and do it. He didn't keep running to save his body. Because the body was just here on loan for 33 years. He knew he's got to give account for what he was going to do with this body. And so he let them whip the body. He let them strip the body. He let them crucify the body. But the body had purpose. Help me, God. The body took on the weight of your sin and my sin. Why did he do that? Not because he wanted to. Not because he had to. He did it to glorify the Father. Sometimes you've got to take on some stuff that ain't even your own just to glorify the father and so he took on our sin and he took it to the cross and he died to himself right there on the cross he's teaching us you've got to learn how to let it be about God and not about you you've got to understand this body you have it's just temporary it's on loan from God they took him and they put him into a tomb three days his body was in the tomb they wrapped his body they prepared his body because they thought that body had some significance but it wasn't about that body because on the third day when they went to the tomb to find that body that body wasn't there but Mary she ran into a body in the garden and she said have you seen him who was crucified and Jesus said Mary and it wasn't until he called her by her name that she recognized who he was because he glorified him because he went to the grave and sacrificed and served and did everything he needed to do in this body God the father glorified him and gave him a new body a glorified body that same body is the body that ascended up to glory that same body is the body that's sitting on the right hand of God making intercession for you the same body is the same body that everyone who's born again everyone who's connected to God is connected to God through that same body. That's why the scripture says he's in you and he's part of you and you're a member of him through that same spiritual body. And so guess what? The day is yet coming if we glorify God in our body. The day is yet coming that the trumpet of God is going to sound. Help me, Jesus. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. Yeah! And the body of sin that we now live in shall be done away with. But when we get to glory and we stand before him, he's going to have to give account for what we've done in this body. Yes, we will. Listen to what the scripture says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read this to you. Round about 10 says, you must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We all have to give account in that judgment day. Everything we've done in this body, good or bad, we've got to give account for. I'm trying to help us today to understand we've got a stewardship responsibility of this body that we have. I don't care what body you got. 
I don't care if you like it or whether you don't like it, but God has given it to you. Use it to the glory of God. Use it to glorify God. Use it to serve God. Use it to praise God. Use it in a way that gives his name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for we all shall have to give account for the stewardship of this body. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.